This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From KYW News Radio 1039 FM, this is Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. Presented by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Hello, I'm Raquel Williams. Welcome to Bridging Philly. Now that we have a mayor in place who is fully committed to ending lawlessness in the city of Philadelphia, we look to the village, the organizations in the city that are doing their part to make a difference. One group, Urban Navigation, engages with city youth through their technical training program to show them a different way and work with them through their trauma. Our job is not to reprogram them, but to listen to them and find out where we can help. The founders join us for a discussion. Charity Howard tells us about Philly's upcoming Martin Luther King Day of Service. It's an opportunity to embrace his legacy of social justice by making that our mission too. All that and more coming up on Bridging Philly. This is Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. Philadelphia's gun crisis and violent crime were primary issues on the minds of voters during the November election. And now we have a mayor in the seat who is, quote, fully committed to ending the sense of lawlessness that has been so pervasive in our city and bringing back the order of lawfulness. That's according to Sherelle Parker. The road to quelling the violence is paved with community organizations that are also fully committed to the cause. Joining us today are the founders of Urban Navigation, which serves as a GPS of sorts for inner-city youth to build successful and productive violence-free lives. They connect with them through their interest to engage them towards better lives, while also reducing crime and improving urban environments. With me today are Urban Navigation co-founders Don Jackson and Hameen Diggins. Welcome to Bridging Philly. Thank you. Welcome. So let's start right off by talking about the primary focus of urban navigation and how exactly did urban navigation get started? Well, first, we own a uh, trade school. It's called Philadelphia Technician Training Institute. So we get 18 years of age and older youth, mostly inner city youth. They come to us and we train them. In the process of looking at the demographics and the uh, various students that come into the school, we understand that in a lot of cases, they're still stuck in the streets, mm. so to speak. I also see a lot of things growing up that left kids in situations that they didn't need to be in. So we just decided that, uh, I mean, and myself, we worked on a plan to uh, engage the students, which might become students. Uh, I would just say the youth. But what we uh, also looked at was, that's why it's called urban navigation. It is a GPS. And just like a GPS does, it starts you wherever you're at and takes mm -hmm. you to your destination. Mm -hmm. 
So, Hameem, talk a little bit about that GPS for urban youth. What is so unique about urban youth and how they have to navigate? When it comes to a GPS, it just kind of redirects you or give you a better way to get to a destination or a location that you were already heading to. The youth are very intelligent. The youth culture has a lot to offer. There's at time they may get stuck due to trauma in the road or other obstacles. So what we try to do is point them in the direction that they were already headed by giving them resources, by giving them a voice, you know, so we become a listening ear. We become the big brothers. We become whatever they need, the motivation in the air, whatever they need to get where they're going. And we do that with a safe place. Mm-hmm. We meet them where they're at. Our job is not to reprogram them, but to listen to them and find out where we can help, okay. you know, to hear their side of the story. Don, you said that, you know, you have a, a training school and you're engaging with the youth and you kind of found uh, that they were involved in some things perhaps that they shouldn't have been involved in. Tell me about how you found them, what you were seeing that disturbed you so that the two of you came together to expand your program into engaging them. I guess we could start with the same uh, items that are in the newspapers and radios every day about the violence that's inside and plaguing the city of Philadelphia. Growing up in the city of Philadelphia, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth, so I grew up in a normal neighborhood. And I see the direction that a lot of the people that I grew up with went in. The youth now are probably accelerated that 5.0. We also understand technical aptitudes of these kids are a lot advanced. They have uh, social media. They have a lot of different things. And if you look at the youth now, the ones that go in positive directions, they're actually doing a lot of innovative things Mm. at very young ages. I mean, we have 17, 16-year-old millionaires out here. So I feel like the inner city kids just need to be afforded the opportunity to also excel. Yeah. I guess it's just really about exposure, exposing them to something different, something new, or in giving them an environment that they can actually thrive in. Yes. Yes. And um, I would also add to it, if you start young, we can create the next generation of non-shooters. Mm. You know, the you next have to start generation of non-shooters. Shooters. I like right. that. Yeah. yeah. What would you say are some of the challenges that inner city youth face, uh, especially here in Philadelphia, that perhaps kids from the burbs don't have to deal with? Well, I'm, I'm going to say the lack of resources. You can tell a child anything. Um, you can tell them, hey, you're going to be great. What are the resources that we give to them in order to walk into their greatness. You know, uh, other areas and and so forth, they're given any resources that they need in order to do what they need to do to become successful, whether it's starting with schooling, whether starting with outside education. In a lot of our urban communities, you don't have that. You know, one of the things that I tell people, you know, let's be very careful of saying what they should have learned at home because we don't know what home looks like. Right. So the village around you needs to make sure that we encourage these young people, that if we have a resources, even if our job is hiring, hey, you know what, there's a job in the mailroom. If you cut grass, I have something for you. Give them an opportunity to be great. Point the way, lead the way. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that through resources, but listening to them attacking the problems that they have, because a lot of things that they see nowadays, they develop trauma. Yeah. And that's one thing that we don't deal with. We want to push them to keep going, keep going, 
But if they don't deal with the issues that they're going through, if there's no one to talk to, if there's not a safe space like urban navigation, then they're going through life with all of these problems that they're keeping inside. And we know if you keep something inside long enough, it boils over. And then you have your violence. You have a lot of different things that come from that. And in our community, we know that a lot of illnesses, such as mental illness and so forth, they're not diagnosed off the bat. Mm-hmm. There's not a resource to say, you know, you may want to look into this. The child seems to not, you know, be able to do this, whether it come to reading or so forth. They just go through life as if they're normal. And then you don't find out until they're almost an adult that there's an issue, that something is wrong, and they have to deal with that. So you're talking about, you know, health. You know, you're talking about nutrition. You know, what these kids eat. Yeah. How is the kid supposed to learn if he's sitting in class and he's hungry? But you're saying pay attention, but the kid can't. You know, there's not a balanced diet. You know, having to navigate through these streets, um, it's difficult for a lot of these young people because where are the people to help point the way? Where are the people to say, listen, I did that for you. You don't have to do that. That's not going to end up the way that you think. Look up. Do you see that camera above your head? You know, your 15 minutes of fame on Instagram and so forth, it's not worth it. But somebody has to be there to not motivate them for just five minutes. But we know consistency is key when it comes to helping these young people. And that's where we have to get involved. And that's what Urban Navigation does. On your website, there is a quote that says, change the climate and you will change the environment. And it's interesting because I've often heard that the other way around, as many people think that get out of the climate for a better environment. No, it is different. When you're home and it's a little chilly in the house, you go to your thermostat. Mm -hmm. You change the temperature. You don't get out the house and fly right away to a different place. Right. And say, well, it's warmer here because it was cold in the house, so I decided to go on vacation. Right, right. It's kind of not the way it works. You have to change where you're at. So if that means changing that dial to make it a little bit more comfortable, that's what we have to do for our young generation, that we have to change that dial, adjust that temperature until we get it just right so that they can say, I'm comfortable now. I can talk to you. I'm comfortable now. I can make choices on my own than to be with a collective crowd. Right. Changing that temperature, a better idea than abandoning the environment, thereby changing the climate that you're in. Exactly. I don't think we're going to abandon our house because it's a little too chilly. And also, like, if they cannot adapt to change, no matter where they're going to go, they're going to always be looking for the environment to adapt to them, which we know in this world, that's not going to work. You have to adapt to your environment, good or bad. Bridging Philly continues in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Back to Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. What is it that we are missing and what many people don't seem to understand about gun violence? Uh, And I'm talking about the culture of violence in the inner city. One of the things is 
the lack of education when it comes to firearms. When you hear about a fire, we hear stop, drop, and roll, correct? Right. But if a young kid is walking down the street and he finds a firearm, what is that kid supposed to do? He's not educated. There's no stop, drop, and roll when it comes to, I found a firearm that someone may have tossed to the side. We have to educate at an earlier age. I know sometimes we think it's taboo. No, we're not going to mention guns. We're not going to talk. They're here. They're not going anywhere. We have to educate them because kids in the urban community, they're not hunting. Right. And other uh, neighborhoods, there's an education when it comes to firearms because they know the right and the wrong when it comes to that because they're hunting at a very early age. But in the urban community, you're talking about the streets are hunting the kids. So we have to educate them at an earlier age. Like if you see that, don't touch that, you know, because if not, the curiosity, it's there. Right. And we know what happens with kids and curiosity. Hey, don't touch that stove. They're going to touch it anyway and find out that it's hot. So what happens when they touch that firearm? What happens when they commit that robbery? We have to educate each other because education just does not stop in school, but educating about your surroundings. And we got to understand that we're getting older, so this is not our era. If we try to educate them based on the way we grew up, we done lost them. But we have to listen to them and say, you know what? I didn't have this much social media. You know, right. I didn't have a, a, a phone to FaceTime. Right. You know, um, there's no social media platform that's going to pay me for putting foolishness on there. I'm, I'm just being honest. Now, Dom, you offer gun training programs for the kids. No, well, for anyone that comes through. Um, talk about the basis behind that. Is it about having respect for the weapon, knowing what it can do, knowing how to operate it, knowing how to, you know, properly uh, dislodge the weapon, so on and so forth? I would call the program gun education. Okay. Uh, the tactical part of training would not be what we would uh, engage them in unless they showed the aptitude to be able to understand the responsibility that goes with this gun first. I'm being real now. What I don't understand about Philadelphia is people are so apt to accept the illegalness of guns. They like, well, you know, you just have to be careful out here because you know the people have guns. Mm. That doesn't concern you. Oh, my God. You're going to teach kids about gun education? Then what happens when they want to get a concealed carry permit? They're going to be carrying firearms. Okay. What about the people that are carrying firearms and don't have a concealed carry permit. But a lot of organizations say, we love what you're doing and everything, but could you kind of just not talk about the guns guns too much? (laughs) It's only here. Because when we go into the counties, Delaware County, Bucks County, Montgomery County, Jersey, even though Jersey is different with their gun laws, no, we get it. Here's the situation. I'll give you a real simple example. Nine-year-old, he's sitting in his friend's house. All of a sudden, it's five of them there, five boys, The friend comes out. He's like, yo, my dad left his gun out. Mm -hmm. The friend knows nothing about a gun because his father's illegal gun, more than likely. He's never trained him about it or anything. And why would he? It's illegal. Mm -hmm. So the friend goes over. He takes the gun. He racks it. Bullet pops out. His father trained him. Right. He takes the magazine out. He can even push the button and take the slide off of the top of it. He says, hey, guys, I'll be right back. He goes outside, puts up his cell phone, either goes to the next door neighbors, calls his mom and dad. Unfortunately, maybe cause the police, somebody's dad's going to get in trouble. But at the end of the day, somebody's kid did not end up dead. That's right. That's right. All because he got gun education. Right, right. And that I think that's important. That's what I was talking about, having respect for the weapon, knowing what it can do, what it can't do, and how to disarm it. 
especially if you come across one in a situation like that, that's a perfect example. Can I give you my suburban version of that? Sure. Suburban version is five years old. The five brothers, the father comes down and says, hey, I have a present for you guys, but I want you to respect it. He gives them a laser gun, which in my day would have been cap guns. Mm -hmm. The laser gun makes your phone ring when you hit the target on the wall. The father says, I don't want to see the muzzle of this gun pointed at anything other than the target on the wall. But dad, it's a toy gun. You point this gun at me, your mother, your sister, any of us. I'm taking it from you. You're going to get in trouble. You're not getting it back. All right, dad. All right. Seven years old, they get a BB gun. The same paper on the wall now gets a hole in it. Oh, a gun can be a little destructive. Nine years old, they go into the uncle's 30-acre backyard. They're shooting geese, rabbit, deer, whatever. Don't kill the rabbit unless you're going to eat the rabbit. Hmm, life means something. Mm. You have to respect life. Right. 12 years old, same kid, is walking into a gun range. He's out shooting police officers, sheriffs, Mm. anyone in there, even federal agents, scoring as high as he can. 13 years old, he's not excited about it because he's already got the whole excitement of the gun thing out of his system. Maybe he goes and he's 18 years old and he becomes a collegiate shooter. Now, here's the inner city kid's version of how he came across a gun, like I did. 13 years old, you find a gun in the street. You go into an abandoned house, you set up these little bottles, you're shooting at it, right? Down the line, 15 years old, you have a fight in school. And you got beat up. I'm going to handle this tomorrow. Now you're coming there with that same gun that you found when you were 13 years old. Or you're like, let's go rob somebody. That looks like fun. Because no one taught you the responsibility that goes with this gun. These are important lessons, uh, you know, especially in light of our new mayor, Sherelle Parker, who is a big fan of stop and frisk. Uh, one of the first orders of business she had, of course, was declaring a public safety emergency uh, in the city of Philadelphia to address crime specifically in Philadelphia. And those lessons that you're teaching kids about respect for life, respect for the weapon, what guns do, those are going to be important lessons to learn, especially as now the city is going to be really ramping up, you know, against lawlessness in the city. Just because you went and bought a gun and your license to carry and everything, what do you know about it? You never used it. You got your license. You carried it around. I'm licensed to carry. I bought a gun. But did you get educated on it? You know, because what if when somebody runs up on you, and you got to defend yourself. You're panicking because you never went to a range. We let the streets educate our kids because for us, oh, no, no, they won't touch a gun. We're not going to say anything about guns. So when we mention it and people cringe, but why not? This is why we have to be proactive. And that's what we're doing. We're getting ahead of it. Not how to shoot it, not how to do this and that, but something simple as what do you do when you find one? Or they get a little bit older and they have it in their hand and they define what they're supposed to do with that gun. You did talk about um, the fact that the youth need to have a voice and, you know, especially in terms of, you know, what they need and what matters to them, the changes that they'd like to see themselves. Are we hearing them? Do they really have a voice? I mean, look around you. They have a voice, you know, uh, when it comes to getting out on social issues and so forth. It's the young people that are leading the pack. But a lot of times we put them all in the same barrel when someone does something wrong and I don't want to deal with them. They don't listen. But when you do that, you're dismissing them. You're dismissing their greatness. But they have a lot to say. 
But if you don't listen, how are you going to help anybody if you don't listen? I can't tell you what's wrong. You know, we make sure we tell you, like, own your pain. Own it. Because at the end of the day, nobody can sit up there and tell you, well, your pain means nothing because mine is bigger than yours. Mm. There's something that's wrong with that. You have to own it because when you can admit that, you know what, something happened to me. There's something wrong. But somebody says, I'll tell you what, why don't you sit down and let's talk about it. Can we talk a little bit about that for a minute? Uh, lived experiences and getting through to the youth. If you want to talk about the experiences that both of you have had uh, growing up and how you're able to get through to the kids when you're talking with them. Well, one of the things that we both do is we reach these kids through our pain, not our accomplishments. Mm. Because when you become vulnerable to them, now they can be vulnerable to you. They can open up. If we walk in with a bunch of suit and ties on and, and tell you everything that we accomplished, they feel as though we're putting them down. I mean, they're going to get there. But let's start with where they're at right now. Like I said, growing up in foster care, growing up in group homes, you know, I understand the trauma. I understand the pain. I understand people that, that had a, the wrong view of who I was because, hey, he, he don't have his, uh, his parents. He, he's not like us. And I felt invisible. A lot of these kids, due to what they're going through, because you can have both parents in a home and still feel parentless. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's important that if there's a Superman in your life, whether it's your father, uncle, brother, somebody, they got to show up for you. Because these kids, they know, they'll check your temperature. They'll know if you're authentic or not. You know, they'll Google you nowadays. <laughs> you know, they'll look you up real quick. Right. But we keep it 100 with them. We let them know we're, we're not here to change you. We love who you are. We're just here to get you over that little hump that you ran into because we've been there. And, and don't get it wrong. We don't feel sorry for them. That's the worst thing you can do when somebody tells you their story, sit up there and you feel sorry for them. Or you say something cliche, it's going to be okay, uh, you know, just keep going. And, and that's not, they need to listen to air, but they need to know that you understand that you come from where I come from. For me, I grew up in a two-parent household. I had a mom and dad, fortunately. My parents always taught me, don't do this and don't do this. I'm in the magnet program coming into Germantown High School, 7 o'clock in the morning. The rest of the school's coming in at 9 o'clock, taking anthropology and philosophy. And I'm like, what is it all of this for? So growing up, I had guidance. When I turned 18, 19 years old, you know, I could stay out as long as I wanted to and everything. I started uh, understanding, oh, I like it out here. It's kind of fun. So there was a small period of time where I'm going to test these streets mm. and see what's out here. Through the grace of God, I easily did not become a statistic, which I could have easily been a statistic in any kind of way you imagine. But long story short, when we speak to these students at the school, they are 18 years of age and older. So in their frustrations of learning this new learning curve of do these things and you will achieve, but it's going to take a little while, you're always coming up against the opposition of, I'm frustrated because this work is hard. I can just go back to what I used to do. Mm. Mm. If that was working out for you, you would have kept on doing it. You're here because you want to change your life. We're kind of like the speedboat. It's kind of like the Noah's Ark story, but we're just not giving you as much time as Noah. Because <laughs> if you don't want to get on the speedboat, the speedboat's <laughs> pulling off and going to the next. It, it's, it's not about taking the violence off the streets. It's about getting those that don't want to be involved in the violence and whatever else goes on. It doesn't even necessarily have to be violence. It could be drugs. It could right. be going to jail, the recidivism, all of that. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be involved with that, get on the speedboat. Because we do things in the suburbs as well. Okay. 
those kids just need guidance because a lot of them look up to some of the Philadelphia kids. You know, those guys are cool and they're thugged out and everything. At a young age, that's something that people look up to because I noticed when I was young, the kids in my class that ended up going to jail and everything, they were looked at as the coolest kids. The girls, you couldn't get a girl's yeah. time of day because they're looking at these kids that they're doing things that are cool, but the cool kids then became the jailed ones later on. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That's, it's okay to be a nerd. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. Being a nerd is uh, absolutely where it's at, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, so tell me about some of the things that the kids are learning at the training institute. We teach automotive technicians. We teach welders. We teach medical instrument sterilization. That's our CPS. We teach uh, drywall, framing, and finishing. We teach uh, industrial uh, manufacturing and automation. Okay. So recently, everyone's noticed that the electric vehicles are becoming more and more talked about. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. So with the EV, we're starting to give the students pre-training for the EVs so that when they go into these dealerships and they apply for jobs, they've got knowledge, basic knowledge of EVs. They've got electrical safety, yeah. anything orange, high power, 400-volt battery that sits underneath this car. It will fry you faster than wow. regular AC will. A lot of that we also use for the youth because we have to draw them in. So we also use power sports. That's your motorcycles, dirt bikes, four-wheelers, ATVs, jet skis, snowmobiles. Mm -hmm. We use uh, electric bikes, videography, photography, whatever gets the youth, whatever gets their attention. Yeah. This is outside of the school in the urban navigation situation. Where can we learn more about urban navigation and the uh, training institute? Uh, you can go to urbannav.com. The Training Institute, you can go to ptt.edu. All right. Don Jackson and Hameen Diggins, co-founders of Urban Navigation, thank you so much for joining us on Bridging Philly. Thank you. Thank you. Bridging Philly continues in a moment. Back to Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. The nonprofit Global Citizen is heading up one of Philadelphia's biggest Martin Luther King Day of Service events on Monday. This year, the focus will be on the 60th anniversary of the Civil Rights Act. Shara Day Howard sits down with Todd Bernstein to hear more about it on the latest Shara in the City. Now, Todd, let's dig into Martin Luther King Day because you've been doing this for a while. The day of service is more than what it says. It's almost soulful. It's almost misleading because it's called a day of service. And Dr. King was a champion of action 365 days of the year, an enemy of apathy. So the King Day of Service in many ways is a springboard that one day into a sustained commitment to year-round civic engagement. I like to say that, you know, it's more than a birthday celebration. It's an opportunity to embrace his legacy of social justice by making that our mission, too. There aren't many leaders that I can think of now who, who are representative of that kind of selfless uh, sacrifice, the sort of leadership and action. And 
and someone who brought people of all backgrounds and ages together to fight some of the most pressing challenges of the day. We're seeing a lot of these parallels. And even more so now, we need these days to remind us that the fight isn't always over. Sometimes it continues. And we're marking the 60th anniversary of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. 60 years after King led a movement to help mitigate discrimination in housing, in education, and breaking down barriers in voting rights a year before the Voting Rights Act, we're experiencing some of the similar kinds of discriminations around voter suppression, discrimination in employment, and even housing. Bits and pieces where it's almost a mirror. Right. In some ways, look, I mean, I think that we're seriously dealing with the reality of the weakening of democracy. And 2024 is obviously a consequential election year. And voting rights is a major emphasis of the King Day of Service. So as a, for instance, um, we have a partnership between the Philadelphia City Commissioner's PA Youth Vote and the Pennsylvania Department of State, where we'll be assembling all sorts of information um, about voter registration, voter education, voter participation that will be distributed through some of the most historically low-performing voting neighborhoods in the city. That is an issue. That's a major issue. And we have to really have a call to action. Is this what this is as well? Oh, it's a call to action. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing about it is that this is a day when, you know, hundreds and thousands of organizations, not only in the greater Philadelphia area, but one in the three states that we're focused on, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware, but all across the nation in large cities, in smaller towns. And um, it is a, a common experience we have on that day, bringing together groups that might not ordinarily have the chance to interact, to build relationships and ongoing partnerships, and frankly, find out a lot about the things we have in common. Love that. Let's talk about some of your other partnerships because you're not doing this alone. You've called in the entire community. Yeah, so one of the projects we're doing is a partnership with local hospitals, Jefferson Temple University and the University of Pennsylvania and the Penn uh, Health System. And it's a focus on gun violence intervention. We've been working with trauma departments, trauma surgeons at these local hospitals. And obviously gun violence is a huge problem, although homicide rates have been going down in Philadelphia in the last year. But it's something that everyone both can and really should be involved in on on some level, even if you think it doesn't affect you. It affects our community, the beloved community. And it's trickle down. We've seen it. Absolutely. And and one of the things we learned from the health professions is that when gun violence patients, those who survive, go home, they're often actually not going home. They're going to emergency housing like shelters or other family members because it's not safe to go home. And often they have nothing. So what we're doing is assembling hygiene kits to provide the basics for folks. And this will be distributed through these hospitals to patients. And it's a little gesture, but it says that that we can all do something and something can lead to other things. Sometimes the smallest things have the largest impact. I think that too often we place the onus of responsibility on government 
for instance, and we just had wonderful 100th Mayor Sherelle uh, Parker with us, who I have great hope for. But we can't just say government, the mayor, governor, president, this is your responsibility. We have to harness the resources that exist in society, and the private sector has much to do with it, obviously communities of faith and nonprofits, but it comes back to the human capital that is the individual. And that is, I think, important to what we're trying to do. I love that. What will the day of service look like? Well, what it looks like in the aggregate sense is that you have hundreds of organizations coming together, engaging in a community building process where they decide what is most relevant to the communities in which they serve or live in. And so the projects that are created could range from, we have a program of training what we call reading captains, um, who are leaders in neighborhoods. It's sort of on the, based on the block captain system. And they provide resources to families in the neighborhood so that their kids can read successfully and independently by grade three. But it may be a march in the streets to call for uh, fair equity in education funding from Harrisburg. So the range is tremendous, and it's all, it all depends on the interpretation of what an individual or an organization sees as what Dr. King may have done or what he might want us to be involved in in 2024. How can they participate on that day? The best way to find available initiatives is to go to our website at mlkdayofservice.org. Our main initiative is going to be at uh, Gerard College um, with a lot of people and um, capturing Dr. King's commitment to economic justice. Our Jobs and Opportunity Fair, our 13th this year, will actually be held the day after King Day. That will be Tuesday, January 16th at Temple University's Giddis Student Center. And we will have more than 35 employers with real jobs hiring immediately. And also, uh, one can go to our website to find out the times, locations, and the available employers, and that's mlkdayofservice.org. So you've extended this to really help the community, but of course, economically, we know what we're looking at. This is an opportunity to get a job, to actually do something positive. Dr. King said that if a man doesn't have the opportunity for employment, he has neither the opportunity for life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness. But there will be projects throughout the entire region. And January 15th, which is, you know, each year the federal holiday is on the Monday nearest to his birthday. This will actually be what would have been his 95th birthday. Hard to believe. Yeah, hard to forget. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Bridging Philly, brought to you by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Well, we've got about a week left to get submissions in for the 2024 Game Changers program. If you know someone who is doing positive work to uplift communities of color in and around Philadelphia, go to kywnewsradio.com slash Game Changers and nominate them today. This year's award ceremony is going to be fabulous. You won't want to miss it. For Shower Day Howard and our producer, Patty McMahon, I'm Raquel Williams. Be well. Be well.